welcome to another fantastic edition of the Photography Bar podcast. Um, I hope it's windy enough for you guys. Um, we've all managed to go out and about without being uh, merry poppersing it down the road in the wind. Um, but yes, I am uh, joined as usual with my colleague Cam and we have a special guest as well today. It's Colin Jones from the Societies. How are you all doing, guys? Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thanks for inviting us back onto the show. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Cam, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I passed uh, on my way to the office this morning. I passed a uh, school on the same road as the office where trees come down in oh, the school no. entrance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you see it on the news, but when you actually see it actually there, a big old trees come down, it really hits you, actually. It's, uh, um, you know, the sort of enormity of the power of uh, what it is. And it's bad yeah. today. It's, but... yeah, I think it's worse today than it was yeah, when we definitely. had all the warnings out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'm right, not yeah. sure what's going on there. But <laughs> so, anyway. Colin, so, so we've got Colin on uh, the show this week. He's going to tell us about the forthcoming Society show uh, uh, in March. We're going to talk about that. Um, so it'd be good to hear about everything that you've got going on there, Colin. So um, get people to come along to that through the first show in two, two and a half years or whatever it is. Um, now, but we're going to kick off with uh, a couple of uh, different bits, a couple of uh, new stories, um, general new stuff uh, in the photography world that's uh, that's been going on now i don't know if you guys uh colin mark have come across the uh the recent story at the super bowl of the photographer who fell off the stage and fractured her spine oh no right no i didn't hear about that one yeah um and so that was what last weekend and just gonna just from a uh and online, I'll just read out a little bit. It says the Los Angeles Rams recently won the Super Bowl and held a victory celebration uh, their past Wednesday. Um, and just sort of on a side note there, I did see the the winners of the Super Bowl. There was a news clip where they were on a on a bus doing a parade or something, and on the side of the bus it had world champions written on it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's. <laughs> it says i mean in past- all honesty they probably are the best american football team <laughs> in the world um yeah. you know yeah. i don't think any of the teams here can can beat the rams but um but there yeah. we go just on like, a side note there yeah already going off a tangent anyway right yeah. back to it so it says during the party a photographer accidentally fell 10 feet off the stage and fractured her spine with the ram star quarterback matthew stafford showing a curious lack of concern now i've not seen the video um, so uh, I'm just reading from an online source here. It says the photographer uh, Kelly Smiley works for the Rams and other areas uh, sports teams. Uh, it appears that Kelly Stafford, the wife of Matthew, handed her phone to Smiley to capture a picture of the couple. And as she was backing up to frame the shot, she stepped backward off the stage, <gasps> falling ten feet to the sidewalk below, oh my damage, word. damaging her equipment and fracturing her spine in the process. Oof. While, Matthew, while both Matthew and Kelly Stafford were both clearly startled, only Kelly showed concern in checking on Smiley, while Matthew appeared to mouth, oh my God, or a similar exclamation, and casually turned his back on the situation without even motioning for help. While it's extremely unfortunate that Smiley suffered a severe injury in the fall, thankfully, after the bad press, the Staffords announced they would be covering her medical bills. A GoFundMe was also created in her name and collected almost $50,000 in 24 hours. Okay. Um, and uh, I've not actually seen the video, but I did hear about this. Oh. Um, and you can, um, and, and uh, the video's on Twitter and everything. Um, but it raises the question, doesn't it, about, you know, obviously, you know, uh, medical treatment and everything in the States is very different to here in the UK, um, you know, with, uh, with costs and expenses and that type of thing. Uh, and this stuff does happen, whether it's a minor 
whether it's a minor trip or something. Um, I'm pretty clumsy. I trip over stuff all the time, you know, and which is why I want to get some uh, battery powered studio flash units. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's stuff all over the place. You know, we go out to shoots and if you've got cables and, and anything like that, you're in a factory or someone's office, whether you're the one that trips over it or whether somebody else trips over it. You know, do we have the right things in place? Do we have the right cover and the right insurance as photographers in place? Because I'm sure the number of people that have come into the photography industry um, in, in recent years come in without any of giving any of that a single mm. thought, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and weddings is a good example. What happens if you trip and fall at a wedding? Um, you know, and we're not talking about damaging your equipment here, but we're talking about, you know, injury to, to yourself or other people. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it brings up quite a lot of um, a lot of, a lot of discussion points. You know, firstly, wishing them a massive uh, you know fast recovery. Yeah. Um, but ten foot's not not a big drop, and to cause such a significant injury just shows you how mm. uh, how you know a, a relatively small trip or fall can can create quite a significant injury. Mm. Um, you know, and you know just to have your wits about you, as you're saying, Cam. You know, it could be on a wedding day that you 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 put your camera bag down. Or, uh, you know, you're not watching and there's steps behind you and you're walking backwards, uh, taking pictures, you know, as they're walking down the aisle, maybe or something like that. And there's steps behind you or somebody else has maybe even placed a bag or there's a kid or something behind you. Uh, it's just to have the awareness around you uh, of, you know, of the environment you're shooting in and, um, you know, just to be very careful. Um, likewise, it could be one of uh, your clients that has an injury like this and it might be that they're tripping over one of your uh bags or equipment as well so you know uh public liability insurance really is a must if you're going out and shooting in, in public places yeah exactly and um i've just sent you guys a link while we're talking here and the video is further down the page and uh, it doesn't actually you just see the back shot of the photographer falling and the ladies the, the stafford um her her expression there and he turns away as it says in the article uh, and I didn't bring up the, the I didn't bring up the article to talk about the player in question him turning away and whatever because he perhaps just didn't realize what had actually really happened and and the enormity of it yeah um, I mean it's an so enormous it situation do. that's going yeah. on at the time anyway so yeah. I don't really think, want to join the mob there but no but you could trip over a, uh, on, you know you could be at the bottom of a staircase you trip on that final step and particularly yeah. if you've got camera equipment with you yeah and you could do yourself you could you could twist your ankle break your ankle or you know whatever it could be the tiniest of trips that that causes major sort of uh, major injury is said to yourself or other people and um mm. i mean colin within the societies do you have do you have any insurance experts within that that, that people can talk to i don't know which is yeah, so you guys get involved in we, we work quite closely with uh, Aduki Multimedia Insurance, um, you know, so so they they provide us with articles about this kind of stuff for the magazine uh, and online so that they give advice to our members, although obviously members are welcome to choose any insurance provider uh, that they wish, um, but Aduki give our members a bit of an, uh, a discount uh, and they do offer advice, um, as I say, in the magazine uh, on a um, bi-monthly basis. Um, and it's to really reinforce stuff like this, how important it is to have the, the insurance in place. I know we won't uh, mitigate kind of like this as <laughs> the circumstances and uh, make sure you don't get injured. Uh, but, you know, at least the, the backup is there that if you do uh, get injured yourself or uh, you injure a member of the public, uh, then you've got some kind of something to fall back on. 
Mm. Um, and but this is something that we we talk quite regularly about uh, online as well, is to make sure that you have the right insurances in place. Um, you know, so professional indemnity and public liability insurance are the the two key ones most photographers should really have. Of course, as well as equipment and stuff like that. Uh, but in in terms of safeguarding yourself, the the PI and PL as they uh, they briefly yeah. do so public liability and mm. uh, professional indemnity are the the, the key ones to really have. Um, you know, just for those so. just for those who are not sure, Colin, on on what that means. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously we we all know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you could explain to our listeners the difference between public liability and and PI. Sure. So. Um, <laughs> Public liability is the insurance that's in place. Uh, so, uh, as we kind of mentioned before, someone trips over your equipment or you injure someone uh, within your working environment, then um, then you know anything that's needed is covered through the insurance. So, you know, um, as Cam said, you know it's not like America um, in terms of medical bills, but uh, you know the insurance there is to cover you and your business uh, if, if something goes wrong to the public. Uh, professional indemnity insurance uh, is slightly uh, more complex in terms of it's there in case something goes wrong on, say, like a wedding day. So if your camera malfunctions and you don't get any of the images uh, and your equipment completely, you get back to your, <laughs> to your office and you find out that you've got nothing from the wedding day, uh, then, of course, the, uh, the couple... Uh, can take uh, photographers to court for that and uh, there can be massive proceedings uh, so uh, a professional indemnity insurance is there to cover you for that so they, they can cover the legal expenses uh, you know if the um, the couple decides to sue and stuff like that then the insurance company again uh, can get involved with covering you the insurance um, uh, stuff you know stuff from that side of it does that explain yeah. it <laughs> yeah no yeah that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's basically it. It, it's it's quite complex insurance uh but there yeah. uh, in essence it's there to protect you if something goes wrong uh not from a uh, health and safety point of view but more from like um if you're not able to fulfill your contractual contractual mm. agreements from my teeth yeah. back in <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's right i mean it's it's Basically, both of them covering your ass, essentially. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and I wonder, uh, I wonder how many photographers really, particularly the, 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 particularly the younger generation that are coming in into the industry and go out and shoot a wedding, you know, whether it's a friend or something uh, or a family, uh, you know, a family friend or something like that. I wonder how many of them think, OK, have I got insurance in place? Do I need insurance? Well, it's just a friend's wedding. You know, um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah. wonder how many people have got insurance in place, or even think about, or do I need insurance? They they're thinking about all the equipment and everything else. And I've got everything. I've got the right gear. I've got this. I've got that. Never done a wedding before. That type of thing. I mean, the obvious thing is, have you got insurance in place? Because mm. I mean, that, know, that that I know that we can go off a tangent uh, about this, but that leads into loads of other things. You know, contracts and stuff like that. Mm. It may be just a friend's wedding, but if something goes wrong they can mm. quickly become not friendly and yeah. Yeah. um even if they're your best friends or family uh you know we've seen it in the past um you know uh, consumer complaints coming in not necessarily uh, about our members but people asking for it general um you know members of the public asking for advice from a, an association point of view where they've had their uh, uncle or their friend or their cousin uh, shoot shoot their wedding and something's gone wrong uh, and suddenly those those close ties can come about quite quickly uh, yeah. when something does go right on the day. So, you know, it's really important to have uh, certainly insurances and contracts and stuff like that in place, even if it's just a family or friend's wedding, uh, because 
yeah, stuff can go wrong quickly. And then uh, it's, it's a bit more trickier to get out uh, rather than just passing it over to somebody who's there to deal with it that you paid for. It's funny mm. how before a wedding, a couple will say to a friend or a family member, oh, it's all right, we just want a few snaps. Okay, we just want you to do a few pictures. Oh, don't worry, we're not that bothered. How oh, about after the event? Yeah. It's suddenly very different. Why yeah. do you get this picture? Yeah. Why do you get that picture? And suddenly I've always actually bothered. said, if you do a family or a friend wedding, I think you, that's, you're putting yourself into one of the hardest positions you possibly can. Yeah. Because I've always found that they, you know, no matter how much of a, an experienced professional you are, they just never treat you as a professional on the day. You're still, mm. oh, it's all right. You know, we can we can mess around. We don't have to take it too seriously. The photographs still going to be really good. But but you you need. I've always maintained that you need that that separation at a wedding from the 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 the, the, the bride and groom and the photographer. It shouldn't be friends. It should be that professional separation. Yeah. Mm. And again, I, you know, how I think a lot of photographers will try and become the bride and groom's best friend as well and all of that. And and I'm not really like that at all. They're, you know, yes, we get on really well, but there's still that professional sort of yeah. line that's there, you know, that that we're still the professionals on the day and and before on the day and afterwards, you know. So um, yeah. so yeah, it was just an interesting story because it, you know, I I know over the years I've tripped and I don't I can never remember having like, I was going to say, have, has anyone myself, here actually had like right? a, a big accident? No, never serious. I can never remember actually really thinking, oh, God, I've really hurt my arm or my leg. or my. Tri-. But I've tripped several times. You know, mm. um, I know that going back many years ago, actually, I was at a factory and I sort of got up and I hit my head on just a, it was a bar. It's like a metal bar. And it, it did hurt, but it was fine. It didn't it, it didn't cause any issues or anything afterwards. Yeah. But it sort of shocked me because. And then all the rest of the day, and ever since then, actually, I've always been trying to be quite careful when I'm in that environment, you know, mm. and, you know, we go to shoots and and you go through your uh, health and safety. Um, they give it a word, don't they? I can't remember briefing beforehand yeah. and sit in a little cabin and they and you get you get your hard hats, your boot and your boots. And and then they go through the I can't remember what the word is now, uh, you know, the, the, the whole briefing that they give you beforehand. Yeah. And some of it's really obvious, but it, it is obvious, but it's only obvious when you know. You know? mm, and yeah. you've got to be careful you've got to keep your hard hat on and you know it's blooming difficult shooting with a hard hat on the number of times i have to turn it around like a baseball cap yeah, hey try yeah, try shoot try shooting with a visor on cap yeah there's that <laughs> as well yeah that is yeah. blooming difficult yeah that's right yeah um and that's difficult if you go into areas where you do have to wear safety specs um you know yeah. we were doing something recently we had to go up north and um we were having to wear safety specs it was really difficult having to put them up and there was a there was a guy that was with us said look you need to put your safety specs back down you know they were really hot on their health and safety mm. some people are and some people aren't but um and i've also found that a lot of wedding uh venues now for the last few years i'd say in the last four or five years have been asking for the pressure indemnity they're, they're asking for you to see your insurance certificates so definitely yeah. your drone license they want mm. your pat testing uh, stuff done i mean drone insurance has gone uh, i think is now is it 10 million pound public liability um that they need in place a lot of wedding wedding venues you're thinking wow and ours was five million a few years ago we had to up it for one wedding it was 10 million we left it at that because we had some others come in as well yeah. that five million has now gone up to 10 million you're totally right though you know we're, uh, we're seeing it more and more where members are saying that um venues are asking for uh insurances and pat testing before they even walk into the building Mm. Um, that that's becoming a lot more common, uh, you know, and sometimes even health and safety risk assessments we're seeing. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. where, where they're yeah. saying that they want a health and safety risk assessment of what you're doing on the day before you're allowed to shoot there. 
Um, you know, so the venues are getting a lot more mm. um, uh, stringent, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if assertive is the right word. I don't, you know, I don't know what the right word is for it, but, you know, mm. certainly a lot more, um, you know, th these things need putting in place before before you walk through the door, but, you yeah. know, which is the right thing to do is keeping everyone safe. It's making sure that those uh, kind of like um, nets are there to help everyone in, in case something does go wrong. Mm. And it's, the you know, the venue protecting themselves as well at the end of the day. I mean, I think with things with uh, pat testing, I mean, for me, that's been something that's been going on for quite a while now. Mm. Uh, they're going, oh, yeah, you need to be pat testing that thing. The difference, I think, now is that they're actually enforcing it. So, you know, we go to well, when they used to shoot at Comic Cons and stuff with all our lights and whatever, and they go, oh, you've got to be pat tested. And we made sure everything was pat tested, and then no one would come and check. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, fair enough. But now I think the difference is people are actually checking. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that as well, but you know there is uh, there's a way around it for for wedding photographers, which is is, is purely okay. It's not, is that um, is it you can actually go in and say that everything you've got is battery powered. So if you're not actually charging yeah. anything and plugging anything out in on a wedding day, and you're purely just using your batteries, then you're absolutely fine. Then you don't need to. Then you can say, look, is that uh, the pat for pat testing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you can mm -hmm. say so if you're plugging your flash batteries into charge, then that needs to be pat tested. Yeah. If you've got your camera batteries charged up, then yeah, the way around that is to make sure that you've got enough batteries and everything's charged up before you go that you never need to plug anything in. You know. Yeah, um, I mean, it may be more cost effective just to get your thing pat tested because it oh, costs think, about a quid yeah. per item, doesn't it, or something like that. Say, it, get, it, I'm sure it's relatively cheap to be fair. It's yeah. really yeah. cheap yeah. to get your stuff pat yeah. tested. But you can. But I was just sort of saying that if there are photographers out there thinking, "God, I've got a wedding coming up, and it's this Saturday or it's tomorrow or something like that," and mm. I've not got any of that in place, they've asked for it. There is, there is, a, there is a way around it. That's not a long-term solution. You're right, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The best thing just to don't do plug is, anything in. Yeah. Is to do that. It's just to not plug anything in, and then then you're fine. So. So, mm. so, so there, there is a way there of not getting caught out. So, also another thing with pat testing, you don't actually need it pat tested if you've had it within a year. So, if you've just right. bought your item, um, say, oh, okay, yeah. So, for example, the charger that I got with my R6, yeah, this is really sort of dire stuff we're talking about, really. So but anyway, well, we'll carry on. We carry on. Uh, <laughs> every day's a school day, isn't it? Quite, yeah, quite yeah, dry, yeah. quite no, dry. I didn't, I didn't uh, know this. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a year's grace basically so my charger that i got with my r6 which i bought last september is good until next september and that's when i need to get it pat tested now i just i didn't know that so yeah. so so what do they need to see then just a receipt of you'd say that well, here's your purchase to be honest my conversations have been oh this pat test is like they see all my stuff that's pat test and they go oh, what is that and I said well i've only bought that couple months ago all oh, right fine they don't tend to really uh, <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. i mean i think if you pat tested everything else and the one thing you haven't pat tested is this it's you know yeah, and if it looks right, i think yeah. you can tell as well if you look at the item and it looks reasonably new i think yeah that's right yeah, yeah that's interesting. That, so i didn't know that so yeah. it's worth having the conversation just for that really and i well, it was the electrician that told me he said right. oh this looks new when'd you get this oh yeah. come on, let's go. oh that doesn't need to be pat tested mate right. and it's like, okay. and, and i hope it's i hope this this has just triggered something in some of the, the people out there but to either check their current insurance that they've got in place because some people mm. have possibly cancelled it from last year and, and not renewed it and thinking you know whatever you know or they thought well I've, I've got my i've got a wedding in my first wedding is not until april and suddenly an urgent shoot comes in you go out and you've yeah. not got insurance in place yeah don't do so, that yeah you know it's, <laughs> it's just make sure that those things are sort of uh, sort of in place and just be careful you know on uh, workplaces look where you're stepping in fact mark yeah we were um it's a good point actually because this photographer fell off stage but we were doing a graduation event 
um, going back a couple of weeks ago, Mark, that you were going to be helping us out with oh, yeah. the team. And obviously you had, you had COVID. Bloody COVID stopped yeah. me. But, yeah. So we had a number of studios that were set up there. And one of the studios was on stage. It uh, was on a stage. Oh, was it? Um, yeah. Okay. Because it was the only way you could get everyone in. Now, the photographer that was up there, um, Ian, was saying that I don't really want any kids going up. Don't send any family groups with got kids mm. up on the stage. Um, and it got so busy that we did end up doing it. But a few times I walked over to say when I saw people there and they were right at the edge of the stage taking their pictures. And I had a feeling somebody was going to fall yeah. off. So between myself and another colleague, we were watching what's happening on that stage each time and just walking over and just asking the people just to just to step back. We just get a little bit nervous. You know, we don't want yeah. anyone to have a fall. Um, and and again, who would have been liable for that? You know, would it have been us as the photographers? Would it have been um, the, uh, the the venue? Would it have been the university? Uh, you know, even you know, the person that, that who might be the pers person who um, erected the stage even. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The good, the good thing is, once you've got insurance like that, you can let the insurance companies fight it out between themselves. You, exactly, you can yeah. walk away. You know you've been insured. They're yeah. insured. Yeah. So kind of like the risk from yourselves can be yeah. passed on to someone else. And, you know, who, who's to, you know, which insurance company is going to pay? Well, yeah. they, they can fight that out amongst themselves. The, the good news for you guys is it's, it's not going to come out your personal pocket or your, your business yeah. pocket, um, you know, which could really cripple most businesses, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. So. Another question as well on that respect. Um, so obviously Ian is freelance, like I'm freelance when I work mm. for you, Cam. If if something did happen in that respect, whose insurance is liable? Would it be because also we work for graduation attire, don't we? Mm. That's the business yeah. that real. So is it graduation attire's insurance because mm. technically it's graduation attire doing the job, mm. or is it the individual freelance photographer? Now, uh, you see, th this ah, is there's it. a question. There's we need an kind of worms, okay? Yeah. We, so yeah. There's, there's two ways of doing it. So, I, first of all, I would have expected that freelance photographer to have had his or her own insurance yeah. in place anyway. Well, of course. Okay. Yes. So that's something that that needs to be checked on. Okay. So make mm -hmm. sure. Um, but then I think, but this this one's a little bit different because this was an event that wasn't organised by us. Okay. Mm. It was organised by a university at a third party venue. So there's a lot of people involved here. So um, um, also what you'd need there is employer's liability insurance as well. Mm, um, yeah. to, so say, say, Matt, you know, you've got an employee working for you. Uh, then, you know, that's another insurance then you need on top of the public liability and professional indemnity because then um, they, they don't protect you and they don't protect your employees. So then you need the employer's liability insurance on top. Now, I, you know, I think that's, you know, it is very, very reasonable, uh, the employer's liability. It is, yeah. But again, what, what that does, that protects the, um, the employees then. So um, even if say, they're freelance. Yes. So yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. matter in because in the tax size, obviously they're not employees, they're not PAYE, are they? No, no, no. That so that doesn't make a difference uh, in terms of the employee's liability. Uh, so uh, moving stuff off a little bit uh, for for my uh, my music when I do uh, gigs, I mentioned to the insurance company that uh, now and again people will help me, you know, lift speakers in because they you know they, they come up to your car and they go, oh, "Do you want me to grab something?" Yeah, yeah, please, be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I was worried in case one of them either injured themselves or injured someone else. So I've actually, even though they're not employees, you know, as such, they're just, it could be a friend that's helping me or, um, yeah. you know, the, um, the, the the bartender, whatever it may be at the venue, uh, then they're covered as well. So uh, that insurance covers them if they get injured or they injured someone else. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it makes no difference 
you know, if they are actually employed or, okay. uh, you know, paid for the job or not, or or they're just helping out, that, that covers all the bases. Okay. Yeah, they, good yeah, interesting. So good, um, good stuff. Have. Okay, so I want to move on to, to another story that uh, uh, I came across, and it was to do with a photographer who went out with a camera from uh, eighteen ninety to create some uh, vintage images, um, which he went out and and shot. Uh, he used a camera kit that dates back to Victorian era. Uh, Victorian era. It's photographer Simon Williams from Western Supermare in Somerset. Um, said he started his eye-catching work after getting fed up with technical technological race to get uh, the technical <laughs> technological race to get even more pixels and sharper images. Um, now I know, uh, Mark, that we've spoken about this before in the sense yeah. that how far how far can you go? How far can sort of like high definition go? <laughs> right? Well, if that's the right term, you know, because <laughs> I, I think with you know cameras that come out now. One of the things that they're told is got high file sizes, it's got, you know, 20 megapixels, 30 mega, you know, whatever it is, 40, 50, whatever. Mm. But what they don't tell you is you're probably going to have to upgrade on your computers as well and and, and upgrade other, yeah. other things as well because your computer's not going to handle the file sizes. And or even want... be able to show your file sizes. Exactly. So I've got an old an old MacBook Pro mm. and you can't you can't do anything with the CR3s from the R6. Yeah. How many times do you open, try and open up raw files? If you haven't got the right software, you, your, your computer's not opening up the thumbnails mm. to view raw files. So it's not just the size of the files, but it's also the, the, the quality and the sharpness of the images that, that, you're, that you're getting. How far can it possibly go? Which is quite interesting because in that article, he, what, what he goes on to say, and this is very true, is that you know, pictures are taken on, on, on phones and, and whether it's digital cameras that are never seen because we're just shooting pictures endlessly and without with for, for no reason at all which are just never getting seen and to be honest with you they've probably got a lot of historical value they might well do in years but we mm. never get to see them we just delete them it's shoot delete shoot delete or just i've taken hundreds of pictures uh, don't bother with those 99 no here's here's the one i really wanted to take so that's one of the things that he was talking about as a value of of the single image you know is it's being affected you know what's when his we just, name cam uh, so, was it Simon Simon Williams? Simon I think Williams. it was Simon Williams. Here we go. Yeah, yeah Williams. Williams. Yeah. So uh, I've, I've seen this uh, actually coming up quite quite a lot more often. So um, there's another photographer called Jack Lowe uh, mm -hmm. who goes around all the RMI stations uh, and he's doing what what he calls the life uh, lifeboat project. I think he calls it. Uh, and he's going around all the stations, taking um, pictures on the same type of camera using glass plates. And then he's developing it in his van on site. So um, crew members can have their picture taken next to the boat, takes the picture, um, takes it back to his van, develops it and gives it back to them on a glass plate. And then, you know, uh, can also do reproductions of that, you know, so they can have it framed on the wall. Um, I think also Tom Lee, one of our members, uh, he, he's doing um, a lot of uh, this kind of stuff. I'm not too sure it goes back as far as, that type of camera, but certainly the the old chemicals and um, use it using kind of tradi very traditional ways of taking pictures. Um, and I, th I, th I think it's great. I think it takes um, it, it brings everything back to going to you know back to camera settings uh, or not mm. settings as such when you're using the bellow cameras. But you know, mm. knowing how to expose the picture right uh, and getting you know literally getting it right in camera because um with this kind of stuff there, there is no photoshop to fix the glass plate it's um mm, put mm. in I th i'm sure it's kind of like a minute or so as well they they uh 
open the shirt for us quite quite a long time yeah. Yeah. so yeah yeah because when we were um like the, we run some photography we've been running photography classes for, for years um colin and um i've not done it now for a few years because it was always so much hassle but but it's part of the sort of beginners course that we did we were doing pinhole photography as well Amazing, so we yeah. get them to make their pinhole cameras out of a biscuit tin we'd explain to them it's part of selling the courses we would say make your own camera take your own pictures and then <laughs> and then um, so they bring their their, their 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 pinhole cameras in and then we'd we'd shoot we'd we'd, we'd shoot pictures and uh, process them that evening um the downside of doing it was we were doing it in the evening so it was always dark outside so it had to be done mm. uh, in the building that we're in and so so it would even the lighting then is not yeah great. that's right yeah long but i tell you the buzz that it created was incredible because as soon as somebody saw an image appear in front of them on, on the screen they were straight back out there to go and do another picture and do a better one and then they were starting to do self-portraits and having to sit there for like 10 minutes or something you know just in front of their cameras and and but the buzz that it created was incredible it was it was the biggest buzz um, doing the pinhole stuff was the biggest buzz compared to anything else working with their digital cameras uh, on the course. And this, this is guy going, here... back to, going back to basics, isn't it? I mean, mm. um, I, um, when me and my wife went to New York a few years ago, there was, there's a, there was an exhibition on the Photoville, which is just by the Brooklyn Bridge and it's loads of big stuff. But they actually have one of, you know, taking pictures on these glass plates. Of mm. So me and, mm. me and Nat had, had, had one done and yeah you, you kind of that there they're doing it with flashes this i think it was a it was it was a i think it was a six four i think mm-hmm. it was a six four um and yeah it, it does on the glass plate and then they do all the chemicals in front of you and it just like that and what surprised me i've always been used to having to do this in absolute darkness they had to do something in darkness first but then as soon as it went into the trails you could see it i've actually got a mm. video of it maybe i'll put that up on uh yeah it'd be worth seeing on, actually on our, on our facebook because uh, people that haven't yeah and people that haven't seen that i remember when i was you know cyanotype i think it's called yeah yeah that's yes, it yeah that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and when i was doing it when you know when i was doing it at school and then teaching it further on as well and the students that that, that always get when they were doing stuff in the dark room was always the thing that, that that excited them. They 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 would spend a day in the dark room, and the and what really struck me was that it was and I look back now was the care and attention they were taking to get every single image right. Mm. You know, first of all from processing the negatives from black and white negs. If there was a little dry mark on the neg, oh. you know, it, it was really frustrating. So you know, uh, right, okay, so you need to use wetting agent. You need to dry it right. You know, it's a dry. Cre- I know that. that phrase in ages. Yeah, wetting agent. right. And then you've got. Okay, and and then it was a print that were coming out, and if there was a little spot or something on their print, and then it, then we'd show them how to spot prints, you know, with little paints and things. But it was about getting it perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect. Now, yeah. you know, you know, it's very much sort of throwaway, and and I'm not saying everyone's like this, but there isn't as much care and attention, which takes away from the art because I think it was more, that was more the art side of things, and it's like music. You being a musician, Colin, you know, and with nowadays you know people in studios and that they can control everything at buttons and things in a studio was before when you looked at back at classic artists they were going into um old houses to do their recordings to get that sound weren't they and the road yeah, yeah, yeah. their mobile truck unit and all that and there was big houses headley grange where some big bands recorded and you know to, cre- to create that sound you know um and it's I mean, the I same it's always it? been it's always been a throwaway nature of photography mm. ever since the uh really when the instamatics and the compact cameras came mm. out I'm guessing really um i still think you know if you're a professional using the latest digital cam digital mirrorless or slr or whatever 
Um, there's still going to be a lot of care and attention going into the final prints. It's just a different way of doing it. Mm. Um, there is more, I guess, scope for getting it wrong on the day and then sort of getting it back on in like in Photoshop or or camera raw or whatever it is that you're using. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, I still think, you know, for general public, there was still an element of throwaway when you had those instamatic cameras coming out. Mm. It's just well, more so now with phones, I guess. People used to put them on the table, didn't they? A wedding and just, yeah. you know, there, there's a couple, couple of uh, cameras on there, disposable cameras, take pictures of the wedding, and then they just sent them all off in a big bag to uh, yeah. their film processing and then get all the pictures back and there's, you know, random pictures of confetti and yeah, right, yeah. on the table. Or there's probably awful shots. pictures amongst <laughs> yeah. them get thrown away <laughs> immediately. Yeah. They were really in, and obviously now you don't, you just don't see them. You know, you might see one wedding a year. They're still yeah, out there. People still, yeah, yeah, yeah. People do people still do people still do use them but um it's it's just that that's gone but even going back years ago when people used to have the like the old 126 110s and i've taken pictures years ago you know they'd buy a roll of film and you know they'd shoot some pictures in the summer on their summer holiday and then they'd put it away and they'd still have five or six pictures left at christmas yeah. still to shoot you know um, and they'd forget what was on that so well, it'd be that thing wouldn't they they have to take the final five pictures because they want to go and get the film developed it, so all right we're just going to take a picture just for the sake of it yeah it's blooming expensive wasn't it you know and then you take it down to the chemist and get it processed and printed and then you'd forget about all these pictures that you had yeah you know and and and, and i always and and now actually if you look back at let's just say that you had this film in your camera for for a year you had your summer holiday pictures you know took a couple of pictures of kids first out of school then you left two or three for christmas you got them back okay and while you're looking through them I guarantee you that most of them now, if they'd been taken on a mobile, probably would have been deleted at some point. They've been shot, yeah. deleted, shot, deleted, shot, deleted. So now we look back and look at those pictures and we think, actually, if you look at the quality of those pictures, they were probably terrible, really badly taken, heads cut off. But in actual fact, they were really, but they had so much value, you would never get rid of them, would you? So when we went on holiday a couple of years ago, we took one of those Fujifilm Instax cameras with mm. us. Yeah. Oh, and just, just like, just like, as you're on a holiday, bang, picture, develop it um, uh, and then put it on the table and we found like ourselves at night looking at the picture over and over again where if it was, that was on your phone well you know the phone would have been put on the side and you know we'd yeah. been doing your own thing but because I don't know if it was because it was a physical print or yeah. something yeah. I mean the quality wasn't as good as a you know a camera uh, no you know, of course the camera camera phone to be fair yeah but uh, just I don't know just having that thing in your hand that that piece of paper with the picture on it we just kept going back and back and back and then once you had you know six or seven of them then you you yeah. you know you're looking at them right I, brilliant yeah i loved it yeah mm. just goes to show that the value that that has so much more doesn't it you mm. know uh, of having that and you know it was like um buying albums going back years ago you know you used to buy an album and you'd you'd, you'd pour over that cover now and i'm yeah, and then yeah, obviously yeah. it went to cds and now i'm really guilty of this i've not bought a physical album for years i now will download or listen to it on spotify i don't like doing that but the yeah, thing is it's just that we're big but that's just the way life is now mm, yeah. uh, and i know there's re there's been a resurgence in vinyl and whatever but when i look at the vinyl that i've got and like that's so precious that and and it's great mm. when you when you when you know when you take them out and you look at them they they, they, they are works of art and you would go into a record shop and i think people now have missed that from going into that experience of going into a record shop and just going in there and spending a Saturday morning in there going through mm. <laughs> you know and you know, right, when you used to buy a cd you used to take the cover out didn't you and and yeah reading, read it cover reading, to cover read the cover was just as important as listening to the music I weirdly and uh, yeah. it was like it was really part of the experience where now yeah. as you say you know somebody will bring out a new album 
and you just bang it on Spotify, you put it on while you're working, you're kind of half listening to it, and that's right, that's yeah. the, the kind of moments yeah. come. That's right, you'd yeah. pull the inner sleeve out, and the lyrics are on the inner sleeve. Yeah, you know? yeah but yeah. also yeah. the photography, some I mean, behind the scene pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. The yeah. photography, the artwork, yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always a, liked a good booklet. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Absolutely. mean, I mean, Colin, you'd probably be able to answer this actually, sort of being a musician. How many artists now, um, you know, when they talk about, right, okay, I want my album cover, how far do they go with the photography? Do you think it's still just as important or even more important because you've got Instagram and my profile picture than I it was that, back then? Was it just I, the same? I, I think maybe the front, the front cover artwork is, is probably really important because, you know, that's the thing as you're, you're skipping through Spotify, what stops mm. you. Mm. Um, you know, but I, I, I do tend to find music and photography um, kind of run parallel to each other. They have, they have so many... Um, so many things that you know work in connection to each other, you know, because mm. mu- music's kind of in the same place where photography is, where you know everything's moved so much digitally. You know, we talk about Spotify and stuff like that, and you know somebody would go out and buy an album and that was ten pound. Well, now if somebody listens to it on Spotify, it's point zero zero one of a pence per play. Mm. You know, so to get to that ten pound, you have to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of streams just yeah. to get to that point and it you know it's very similar to um you know photography where you could just sell the digital images you know a pound ago and that's easy where you know we, we, where photographers used to sell albums for you know hundreds and hundreds of pounds um i think probably the music industry has leaned a, a, a gone gone further that way uh the the uh, then photography because obviously albums and print work is still the really important as we mentioned before mm. uh, and i think it's really important for, for for you know for people like us to you know, keep emphasising that point of how important print is, uh, not just to clients, but also to the industry, because, um, you know, otherwise it, it just devalues the whole industry uh, by just selling, you know, just just the digital assets kind of thing, rather than making it into a package. Mm. Yeah, I quite like that analogy, actually, linking to the two, because, mm. OK, I don't want to talk about music too much because it's a photography podcast, but, mm. um, <laughs> but, you know, going to see a band live now, is rather pricey you know yeah. i, I yeah, was watching yeah, yeah. something about back in the 90s kurt cobain was was on on interview he's been asked about different charges you know that madonna was charging 50 dollars for a ticket back then and they were like well we were thinking of 25 but we thought that was too much um and now you know if you want to see the foo fighters you're looking at <laughs> 150 quid a ticket or something like that and i'm guessing that's something similar to what photographers because obviously to hire a photographer for your wedding day it's probably a lot more now than it was back in the nineties, but you're getting obviously more, com- more, you know, more images and you're there mm. all day. You know, we're, you know, if you're there all day, you're looking about two grand plus, maybe something like that for a photographer or team of photographers or whatever. Um, I'm not sure. I can't imagine that's what the price was in the nineties, but I, I, then I, the I, albums were more. I'm, I'm sure Cam will agree, you know, kind of um, the, the length of time photographers spend at weddings these days is a lot more than it was, yeah. say, mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think it used to be generally state of the first speech, if that. You, it, it, it was, it was, in fact, it was earlier than that. I remember yeah, when we yeah, used yeah. to, you'd finish all the photos uh, during the day, just before the guests sat down for the start of the wedding breakfast, you cut cake. cake cut and shot, yeah, and then yeah. you go on. And then you go, yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, it was unheard of to stay till the night do. Uh, well, you know, to that, take picture of the first dance and stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting now that you say that because I was at a talk going back many years ago with, um, and uh, it was, it was, a, I'm sure it was a society show, and um, it was Mark Cleghorn was doing a talk, and I went in and sat on it, uh, sat in on the talk, 
and he said something was great and he said hands up for those photographers that that shoot until the first dance shoot when until the first dance and um and then he said something like hands up who charges extra to stay up until the first dance uh, and I think it was me and one other person just had our hands up with the only ones because I'd always charge extra to stay. Evening coverage was always extra and everyone else put their hand down. And he was saying, you, you, you're all shooting yourselves in the foot. You, you're, you're doing yeah. all this extra work and you're now and you're not charging for it. Mm-hmm. And, it and you need to, to be charging for it. And then and now photographers, I think, are putting it in there without saying that we're charging it for the evening. But it's mm-hmm. become the norm to stay until the first dance anyway however for the first time game that i've come across this about a couple of months ago um i saw a photographer who put on there who says he stays up uh, for an hour after the first dance okay wow. so i'm thinking blimmin is this now going to be extended and extended now are we going to get to a sales thing here where photographers are saying okay well i'm going to outdo this person i'm going to i'm going to say for an hour after the first dance mm. but are you charging extra for it you know mm. um do you know what i mean because it, you to be honest with you if you're doing that and you're not showing that and not charging extra then you are shooting all of the photographers in the foot really I mean, yourself it, and everyone else it's it's a long enough day as it is. Uh, exactly, you know, by, yeah. by by the time you get to the first dance, I, I would have thought most photographers would be, you know, kind of at their energy levels, uh, you know, at, at the, the 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 right bottom of that, you know, to yeah. to say right, we'll spend another hour, or you know, we'll stay a little bit later. It's just it, it's just making the day even longer and longer yeah. and longer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and I suppose the question would be, how productive are you? You know, for that last hour. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what are you going to shoot at that point? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you can only keep on going around taking pictures so many times, and if yeah. there's nobody on the dance floor, which happens quite a lot, especially right, at white weddings, right? Yeah, right. And then it then it then it just um, you, you're not doing anything, you're not shooting anything. There's nothing to mm. take, you know. So, uh, so I think if you're going to do it, then 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 charge for it, you know. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Anyway, so uh, we're going to move off in different tangents here. Otherwise, I'm going to pull yeah. it back we'll and it back. go on to the Society Show. Okay, which yeah. is Colin was well, the main reason for getting you on the show to tell us about the the Society Show because it's the first one since 2020. What? Yeah, January 2020 was the last one. Ah, you just got in before the pandemic. Then. Yeah, and you yeah. know, it, it was. Uh, I remember being sat at the breakfast table and somebody mentioned it, and I was like, "What are you on about? Don't worry about it." You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you're panicking over nothing here. Um, and they go, "No, no, you. I, I tell you, you know, this is going to change things. Ah, whatever." Uh, <laughs> and here we, here we are, two years later, going. Oh, what was that all about? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's uh, the first uh, convention since January 2020. And, you know, I'm so looking forward to it. It's just going to be a, a, an amazing um, few days of uh, photographic immersion, I think we'll, we'll, we'll uh, call it. It's just going to be Ooh. everything all under one roof. Uh, and I know you guys have been to the convention before, so you know exactly what it's like. It's... Um, uh, it, it's just everything all under one roof. So there's the trade show, there's master classes, there's super classes, there's a business school, there's 20 by 16 competition judging, there's exhibitions, uh, there's demonstrations by the leading uh, manufacturers, uh, there's an awards presentation evening, social gatherings, and so much more. Uh, it's just, um, it's a fantastic five days of just, um, you know, really, really just throwing yourself into the the love of photography and you know being with like-minded people uh, and um hopefully improving your your knowledge uh, at the same time sounds great what, what, it does what are, what are the dates uh, for this year colin 
so I've wrote this down a million times, but I'm still going <laughs> to double check because no me, I'll get it wrong. So it's the, uh, the Wednesday the 16th to Saturday uh, the 19th of March 2022 uh, with the trade show running from the Thursday the 17th to the Saturday the 19th. So um, yeah, so the trade show is three days, but the full convention is the Wednesday to the Saturday. Okay. So I remember when the show... I think when it first started it was in Coventry going back years ago yeah. was it Coventry yes yeah, so, hey. so, so, so the, fir- the first one was in Liverpool so we're there for two years and then we right. did two in Coventry and then we've been in London ever since London yeah so I think Coventry was the first ones I did didn't go to Liverpool once Coventry was the first ones I did um, and then moved to London and it, you can see how it's got bigger and bigger and then uh, uh, in addition to that bigger show you, there, there were always the smaller ones smaller events you were doing throughout the year in different yeah, places, so, well, weren't they? And yeah, so so, so they're, they're back up again this year. The road shows we're doing uh, a tour in April, a tour in May, and a tour in June. So we'll be going Falkirk, New uh, Tyne and Weir, over to Wigan, and we've got uh, uh, Solihull, Cardiff, Exeter, Gravesend, Milton Keynes, and Leicester. I think yeah, after some work, yeah. So we so we do those road shows as well. Yeah, because I think those are really useful to have, you know, in throughout the year because. You know, I'd always go to one or two of them, you know, just the, the smaller ones. It was just good just to just to get out of the office for a day or yes. um, and just to go and see stuff. So I want to what if you want to if, if you had to compare the society show, say, to the photography show, mm-hmm. um, what, what would you say is the main difference? Because I know there's people say, say I'm going to go to society show. I'll go there, but I'm not going to go to the photography. I'm not going to go to the photography show. Um, or I'm going to go to the photography show. I'm not going to go to the society show. But what is? Would you say is there a difference there? Yeah, I, I think there's quite a massive difference between the the two shows. The uh, the photography and the videos show is an excellent show. You know, obviously they've got a massive, massive uh, trade hall, uh, and they have lots of the manufacturers, lots of the uh, service companies there. Uh, and I, you know, I'd really recommend anybody uh, to good to go along to the photography show. Uh, it's it's a it's a great show. Loads of exhibitors, loads of free um, demo areas and all that kind of stuff. Where ours is slightly different. Ours is um, a smaller trade show hall and um, uh, th- th- there's fewer people turn up. So it's a little bit easier to get on stands. Um, so if you want to talk to some of the manufacturers, th- there's a bit more time to do that. Uh, and also, I think the biggest difference to ours is the, the amount of masterclasses that run alongside the, uh, the event. Uh, so, for example, for the 2022 convention, we've got 150 hours of masterclasses uh, that run alongside. Um, so, you know, there, there's a plethora of classes all on, uh, you know, a million different topics from business to um, lighting, posing, nature, wildlife, landscape, fashion, uh, you know, and everything in between. Um, so, you know, the, the, the classes are um, an hour and a half each. They're presented by an industry expert. So, you, uh, you know, you can really improve your photography. Um, they're spaced out through the day. So if you're looking just to attend one day of the convention, you can get a masterclass ticket for, say, 75 quid. Uh, and then you can go for the first masterclass in the morning uh, and then go look around the trade show, back to the masterclass uh, for the next one and so on and so forth. Uh, so they are spaced around quite a bit. Um, you know, and I, th- I think that works really well. Uh, so you can really immerse yourself you know, for a full day of photographic training, going to see the trade shows. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that there's a lot going on. Um, so if you, even if you can only make one day, uh, mm. you know, I'd highly recommend going for the masterclass ticket while you're there. 
Uh, of course, if you just want to attend the, the trade show, then you can do so free of charge up until the 27th of Feb. Um, so uh, you can pre-register for a free ticket. And of course, there's going to be loads of exhibitors there. We've got 100 brands exhibiting at the event. Um, and a lot of them will be doing free trade show demos and you know you can test the equipment so if you want to have a look at the, the latest canon cameras and stuff like that then they'll be on show and you can uh, speak to the uh, the canon um, staff you know all about your questions about the equipment same as sony and uh, fujifilm and all that kind of stuff and of course all the labs will be there insurance companies so um, you know people like we touched on before aduki uh, will be there so you know if you've got a question on insurance even if you're not insured by them go and have a chat with them they're, you know they're really friendly and approachable uh, and if you you know they're that they're there to help, and that's the that's the point of the uh, the convention. Mm. Uh, so um, you know if you've got questions, it's the perfect time to just jump in and go and speak to people. Um, yeah, well, I was going to say, what are we, uh, what are exhibitor numbers like compared to the last show? Is it pretty much the same, or are you, are you down on actual exhibitors? Because I know, I think from what I remember, you get exhibitors that come, and I'm I'm talking about album manufacturers that have come from abroad um many sort of from europe that are there am i right in thinking that, that that's happened in the past i mean are you, yeah sure yeah, yeah, yeah. How, where are you with numbers and exhibitors and so so we're, we're roughly around about the same as what we were for 2020 uh, i mean, I mean pro probably you know uh, three or four down maybe something like that yeah uh, at the moment we, we've still got obviously a couple of weeks left to run so um yeah we'll still get a run of last minute bookings for for trade space which is always mm. good fun um, but you know, yeah, as you say, some of the international companies that join us, um, then they're, they're not as, um, you know, there's some of the, the European companies that have, um, aren't able to join us this year. And also, uh, we had some Australian companies as well, uh, mm. exhibit last year. And of course, their, their rules and restrictions for their own com uh, country because of COVID are quite tight. And they've just said, we'll, we'll have to put it off for this year. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, which is understandable. Uh, but you know the good news is we we've really got a packed trade show hall and um, uh, as I said there's there's about hundred uh, brands being exhibited at this year's event yeah and um, yeah it's it's just going to be really really good um, yeah. shame shame to miss out on a couple of them that we we love to see every year but you mm. know I'm sure they'll be back for 2023 which is a really weird date to kind of like picture in your mind going we're at 2023 already yeah, yeah. I, I still don't feel like we've got into the 2020s yet never mind 2023 right, yeah. yeah um are there any new uh are there any new exhibitors there um is there anything that's is, is there anything that's different that's that's that somebody's offering since since covid that hasn't been seen before um would you say is there anything Ooh. I'm just trying to have a bit of a thing now. Yeah. We've definitely got we've definitely got new uh, exhibitors. New exhibitors, um, right? You know, there for this year. Um, so, for example, there's a company called Hand Painted Backdrops, and they do name what yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what it says on the tin. They do yeah. hand painted backdrops. So, you know, they're a, a new kind of independent company uh, that are exhibiting for the first time. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing their products. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's been quite a lot of product developed from from the labs as well over the last two years. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll see a lot of um, you know products from them which which are new to the market. Mm. Um, it, it'll be you know we we had the photography show uh, in September, wasn't it last year? So we, we kind of got to see a little glimpse of that. But yeah. I think at this convention uh, for the convention, a lot of the labs have focused on getting new product ready uh, for this show. So I think we'll see a lot of new stuff there. 
Um, there's new software companies joining us, you know, so uh, business management um, kind of software companies. Mm. Uh, so if you're looking to save time on uh, the, kind of all the admin jobs and uh, scheduling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, then we've got companies like that exhibiting. We've got a few new lighting companies. Um, Hoodman, I don't know if many of uh, the listeners out there have heard of Hoodman before. Uh, but they're exhibiting for the first time as well. So, yeah, yeah. There, there'll be a lot of new products on the show. I think um, a little bit like uh, if you didn't get to the photography show, then it would be a good chance to see some of the uh, the products that have been released over the last two years, because obviously uh, a lot of these products have been announced online uh, and yeah. maybe with all their technical specs, but nothing beats actually uh, getting your hands on the product. Um, you know, there's been new cameras released and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so nothing beats getting your hand on the product and actually testing it and feeling it for yourself. So uh, I think that's got to be a real, a real good pull for people coming into the convention. And uh, and of course, you know, the retailers. So we've got uh, Pat Cameras and Camera Centre UK there this year as our retailers. They will have some fantastic offers on this equipment. So if you're kind of on the edge of buying something, maybe hold out a couple more weeks and yeah. wait for yeah. the convention and, uh, you know, come down and get, get a really good deal on uh on the uh some of those you know products and services that i know a lot of the uh, service providers will be doing discounts as well um, i definitely uh, reiterate that because yeah. uh say i bought my the, the r6 at the photography show and it was like 500 quid off i mean yeah. you know yeah. it was a lot of money off that's so. a massive deal yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, so uh unfortunately i've not even been told what the offers are so uh, they're, oh, well. they're, they're, they're a closely guarded trade secret to uh to the manufacturers um but on, on day one of the show, they have assured me that I'll be able to announce them uh, at <laughs> nine o'clock as soon as the show opens. So yeah. I will be doing so at uh, ten o'clock. Sorry, as soon as the show opens, I'll be uh, I'll be mm. announcing them. So you know, keep an eye out. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some amazing deals and hopefully uh, stock uh, issues that have been plaguing the industry for the last couple of years will be a lot bit uh, be a bit better towards the convention. So uh, actually getting mm. uh, equipment into your hands as well will will be a little bit easier as well. Yeah. Yeah, will be. And the other great thing I, I like about the show is the the competition entries and the display galleries that you have. Will that will that be happening again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so the twenty by sixteen uh, competition is judged live at the convention. So the judging will take place on the Wednesday and Thursday of the event. Um, and uh, anybody is uh, more than welcome to come and sit into the the, the live judging. It's absolutely free to attend. Uh, don't even need to pre-register. Just turn up and uh, and watch the judging experience. So the judges. Are, I was just about to ask, who have you got? Who have you got? Uh, judges? So so the judges are, are judging off twenty by sixteen uh, print. Yep. But also on display is the um, is the picture on a projected, um, so you can see the uh, projected image. So you can see what the judges are talking about. Mm. And I'd really encourage anybody to come along and uh, listen to the uh, the judges uh, because. Uh, you know, it's it's by far the most educational experience at the event, and it is completely free to attend. So, you know, I I would really recommend anybody just if you can get there, listen to the judges, and uh, take it as much in as you can, uh, and just come along. As I say, it's completely free. So, uh, we'd love to see that the rooms packed. But in terms of um, going back to your question about judges, yeah. we've got uh, lots of judges uh, from Andreas, who uh, is one of our international judges. We've got. Angela Adams, Christina Lauder, Claire Louise, Damien McCullough-Kiddy, David Stanbury, Duncan Couchy, Fiona Garvison, Gary Hill, Gordon McGowan, Gerva Joe Hill, Imelda Bell, Jocelyn Conway, Lenny Smith, 
uh, Marco, Decker, Mike McMurray, Panikos, Paul Wilkinson, Peter Alice, Roman Samut, Sanjay Joggis, Sarah Edmonds, Satnam, Scott Johnson, Steve Allen, Terry Donnelly, and Tracy Willis. Just one or uh, two then. Yeah, so just one or two. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there, there is a massive pool of, of judges. Um, and you know, we, we I think we've got three rooms that have three rooms plus a qualification room as well. Mm. Uh, and again, which is uh, free to attend, so you can watch the qualifications. So if you want to find out more about qualifications, then you're more than welcome to sit in on that room and listen to uh, the judges and watch the judging process. Um, it, it's great that it's you know it's open, uh, so you can really get a feel for how how it works. Um, and that's why we've got so many judges. So um, you know we've got uh, specialists in different areas. So uh, for newborn photographers out there, we've got a, a good selection of newborn judges. Uh, for the non-social categories like nature and wildlife, we've got experts in those fields as well. Um, you know, so uh, you can enter your, your images knowing that they are going to be looked at uh, by a set of experts. And, you know, we've got very stringent uh, judging criteria uh, as well. So, you know, we've, we've got um, 10 elements that the judges have to uh, judge from. So they will uh, be referencing that. So when they're talking about their comments about the images, they'll be pulling from those 10 elements that we judge from yeah. and talking about each image. So there's a very structured process to it. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, uh, they may have questions about the 20 by 16 or photographic judging in general or qualifications. Uh, and I think just being in those rooms for the couple of days, you, you learn so much about the process, how images are judged, uh, you know, how, how our, our system works and how, um, we, we train our judges uh, to critique and score images, um, you know, and I think people come away with a lot of um, uh, a lot of positives about how that's done. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd, re I'd really recommend it. Is it and then, um, as you mentioned, Cam, afterwards, uh, after the judging is done, we display all the merited images in the 20 by 16 exhibition, which is in mm -hmm. the trade show which is just a fantastic chance to, to get to see the, the, you know, the finalists and the, the merited images up close. So you can go up to the images that, as I say, they're all printed on 20 by 16. So you can go have a good look at them, see all the finalists and, um, uh, you know, just get amazed by some of the, the stunning work what gets entered. It, it really is amazing. Yeah, I always enjoy that part of it, looking around uh, uh, at the gallery of prints there, because the, the, the hand of the work is incredible. It really is. Um, and uh, that's that's you know apart from talking to the exhibitors and getting all the key information that I really want to get to, just looking at what people are doing out there with with their work and is is really good. So and no, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, we're, we're still very lucky this year that uh, the international entrants have still come in um, because obviously we work quite closely with some of the labs in the UK. We've managed to uh, get their prints done in the UK, so we've not had to worry about that. So, um, you know, we're really fortunate for this year, even if uh, we can't get some of the delegates to come over from places like the, um, the USA and Australia and stuff like that. It's amazing that they've still entered their work in for the competition. Mm. So we're, we're still going to see that high standard of uh, photography from across the world coming in. So literally all four corners of the world uh, entries are coming from. So it's going to be amazing that we can still see that international uh, flavour in the competition. 
Mm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a must to sort of get to convention, not just for us, but for all the photographers out there, in my opinion, particularly because also the, the photography and video show is as it's uh, the, the, the correct title now isn't until the end of the year. That's until September. Sure. So there's a, there's, there is a long period with a big show otherwise, you know, and it's good that because I think in the past, I think you've had yours in January and the photography show has normally been around sort of March, March time yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. They've both been sort of, uh, at the beginning of the year so it's really good to have yours at the beginning to have this to look forward to um so um yeah that's uh, def- i think that's, it's worked uh, out i think it's worked a- out great for both of us because now there's about six months apart between both shows mm. um you know so I, I truly believe that if you you're in the industry you should, you should attend you know as many events as you can you know certainly the photography mm. show our show the road shows as you mentioned uh um, yeah they're, they're, they're really key to to to, to get to and you know, there's so many educational opportunities, not just from the classes that I put on, um, yeah. but then also, uh, you know, meeting the trade and this, you know, the social interactions with with your fellow photographers. You know, mm-hmm. certainly uh, at the convention in the Novotel, um, the bar area is, is just as important as the trade show because, yeah. um, you know, people kind of finish their classes or they finish doing what they need to at the trade show. Uh, they go out the glass doors, turn left, and you hook straight into the bar. And, uh, you know, so many people have met uh, great friends. Well, they've, they've met photographers there, which are now great friends, you know, people that they can bring mm. up and say, yeah, I've been thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Or, uh, you know, I need a bit of help. Can you help me with this? Can you help uh, me at a wedding or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some people have made fantastic connections with, uh, you know, some of the best photographers in the world by just mm. heading towards the bar having a pint with them, um, you know, one question that we always get in the office or, or you know, we're going to get a comment saying, well, oh, it's my first time, I'm nervous, I don't know anyone. So I always just say, well, just turn to your left and say hello because they're more than likely going to be a photographer. They will say mm-hmm. hello back yeah. and they'll go, do you want to join us on our table? There's um, there's no clicks there, you know, so, you know, feel free to jump in on the table mm-hmm. as uh, no matter how awkward it may be because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're a really friendly bunch of people uh, yeah. that uh, are just there for the love of photography. They love meeting new people. So, uh, yeah, don't be afraid. Jump, jump straight in. The water's warm. So, um, yeah. Uh, and I found that, it, yeah, and, 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 and I'm really glad you said that because certainly, uh, you know, I've the people that I've met there at the shows on the, you know, on the, on the trade stands that, that have been really useful um, for me in my business. Uh, and the contacts are, you know, like that's how I got to know Terry Donnelly and Terry Donnelly's yeah. been on this show, you know, a few times. And that's how I got to know Terry from, from one of the trade shows um, when listening to one of his talks and then going up and having a chat with him. And now if I see him at a show, I'll go up to him and we'll have a chat. And it's it's really good. And there's, there's been other people like that that have come and gone in the industry now. People on the Nikon stand and the Canon yeah. stand that I got yeah, to yeah. know. Loxie, uh, uh, Loxie, that's how. And, you know, you're talking to these people by email and then that's how Loxie invited me to Scotland going back several years ago and said, look, why don't you come over and see us and paid for the flight and a the day there and provide lunch and everything. That was brilliant. You know, it was a yeah. great way and, of and, going to. I think that's really key, you and, know, what and, you're saying. And all that sometimes, of those things. And, yeah. Sometimes, you you know, you're communicating with, you know, different people at you know, maybe your lab or uh, your insurance company or, uh, you know, somewhere where you buy your photographic equipment from and you're doing this by email, but suddenly you, you, you know, you're there with them, you're talking to them, they can put a face to a name, uh, grab a coffee with them and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, it you know, it just makes things going forward, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we met and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and some great friendships have uh, really been made. 
Another thing that I'd, I'd, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but I'd, I'd really love to mention the, the business okay. school, which is back for 2022. It's um, a full day all about, um, you know, make, taking your business to the next level. And it's something that we've been asked for, to put back on and we are absolutely delighted to, to put back on. So that's on the Wednesday at the convention. And it's uh, nothing to do with kind of like photography as such, you know, it, there's not going to be um, any kind of shooting opportunities. It is fully focused on your business. So Gillian uh, Devine is going to be leading the business school. And then we've also got Amber Leach. We've got Jeff Brown. We've got David Hakamaki from the States. Uh, we've got Matt Clark and Paul Newbury from Madukey uh, and John Nassari, uh, all speaking at the event on lots of different things. So, uh, you know, supercharging your business, um, spending less time, uh, you know, um, and automating your business. So spending less time in your business to, to make some more money. We've also got Jeff talking about LinkedIn and how that can be used to uh, to get more clients through your door uh, and, and so much more. So if you're looking to take your business to the next level, then I would definitely recommend turning up to the business school. It's going to be uh, an amazing day, all geared around uh, helping you make more money out of your business, uh, out of your photography. So um, I, I would love to see the room packed for that one. So uh, yeah. again, a, a, another yeah. thing. That's really um, good because... Sorry, yeah, yeah, I was going to say that's really good because you're sort of saying like moving your business to the next level. I think, I think even if your business is at that point where it's it's moving in the right direction and you've done all those things, you've put all those things into place. You know, I think you know methods change continually. You know, new people mm. come in with new ideas, so you know, I think it's worth just going along. And even if you think, no, I'm fine as I am, I've got good business advice, I get this from there and that person, it's still worth going along and attending those type of events because you walk away from one thing, you think, yeah, actually, you know what, I didn't know that. Or, yeah, yeah I'm not it's doing absolutely that worth, worth it. it. Just uh, for that, it doesn't is. matter how experienced and how established you are. Especially uh, with creatives, because we're just, I mean, it's the one area, you know, we, we became photographers because we're creative, not because yeah. we're necessarily you know bothered mm. about well I'm not saying bothered but you know what I mean business isn't the reason why we got into photography is it um so that's why these classes are so important because it is massively important whether we like it or not I, I always say you, mm. you only have to take you know one or two things away from any seminar you attend to make it worth your time and you know on your investment um you know so I, you're quite right um you know if you turn up to the business school and you're running a very very uh profitable business that's probably still something that you can take away. I didn't mm. think about that. Mm. Uh, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that we've got um, some really good uh, speakers who, uh, uh, you know, are very, um, uh, very good with the kind of social media side of things. So as I say, we've got Jeff Brown talking about LinkedIn. Yep. We also have Amber Leach, who's very good on um, Instagram. Uh, we've got Julian Devine, who's very good at doing Facebook Lives and different Lives videos to, to bring in new customers and promote your brand. You know, so even if you're just struggling just with the um, the social media side of the business, again, just just by being around, and of course, there's lots of breaks throughout the day, uh, and the idea of that is to give uh, the delegates plenty of opportunity to speak to the speakers. So uh, even if they're not talking, there's going to be lots of coffee breaks throughout the day, so you can go and you know I've been thinking about this, uh, I've been struggling with this with LinkedIn, right? I'm going to go and have a chat with Jeff. You know, so they're going to be there. So make full use mm. of them, and you know, um, take a notepad and. Fill, fill it full of ideas yeah, yeah. that's right and Jeff's somebody who we've spoken to several times he's been on on the show several times as well yeah. and definitely you know he definitely stuff knows his stuff to, 
he yeah. knows his stuff and it's worth going so if anyone is out there thinking of uh, going along and wondering whether you know what or what what bits of the show to attend then that's definitely sounds to me like a day that's um, for, for everyone is worth um you know worth, and no matter how established or the you are so yeah people, I mean, people like jeff they they're so free with the knowledge as well you know so um you know it's not like they're they're going to give you a, a snippet and then say well, if you want to learn, learn more you've got to do x y and z you know they're, they're, they're there to help you know and they they, they really want uh businesses as uh, you know photographers to, to succeed so they're, they're they're very free with the knowledge so if you've got a question then please ask them because i know uh, they would love to answer mm. your questions. Uh, you know, as you say, Jeff's been on the show uh, and that's just exactly what, uh, you know, who, who he is. Jeff loves to help people. So, um, uh, you know, it's yeah. going to be a, roo- a room full of Jeff's, just people, uh, you know, really A room full of help. Jeff's. <laughs> <laughs> In a nice way. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. So what we'll do is um, we'll, we'll, put the, we'll put the links out um, uh, on the show uh, uh, with this, that goes uh, with this podcast, put all the descriptions in and everything. Um, Mark, anything else that you want to uh, ask at all? No, not really. I, it sounds like an awesome, an awesome few days, and um, you know, uh, I just recommend everyone going going down to see it, uh, even if it's not for every single day, because I know we're all busy people. But you know, just making it down to one or two days will will definitely be helpful, I think. And you'll get all sorts of information, whether it's tech, whether it's creative ideas, whether it's business ideas, it's, it's you know, it's all there to help and yeah, yeah definitely worth it. And no matter what your question is, I can guarantee you somebody there would be able to answer it. Uh, so if you're struggling with something, you know, head towards the convention. And if that person, the first person you see can answer it, I'm sure they'll point you in the right direction of somebody <laughs> who can. So I definitely won't be able to answer any of your questions, but I can point you in the right direction anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Just point good. everyone to Colin. Just point everyone <laughs> to Colin. Yeah. See what happens. Exactly. That's right, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Brilliant. Well, Colin, thank you very much for that. Um, thank you very much for coming on the show yet again. And uh, we will no doubt see you at the show. Uh, we'll be there. Um, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed coming on again. I, and, I, uh, I love, I love, uh, yeah. I love joining you guys. So um, more than welcome to come back again. I, you know, I love spending time with you guys. So uh, thank you so much for letting me join you and talk about the news and uh, everything going on and uh, giving us a bit of a platform to talk about the convention. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys down there and uh, yeah. uh, saying hello Good. properly in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Try it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, that's it for uh, uh, another week. We're going to wrap up. We're going to bring the shutters down to the bar again. Um, remember, keep subscribing, listening, the usual uh, bits that we should be saying at the end of the podcast that I can can never remember. Um, but you know, where we like, are, you, <laughs> exactly, right. you know where we are. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we will see you um, uh, on the next episode. Cheers. Bye for now. <laughs>